Adele here. And today I am so excited. It is my honor and privilege to spend some time interviewing someone who I think is a great thought leader in the uh, spiritual uh, business entrepreneur space. Uh, so if you're out there um, and you've had um, some ideas about how you want to maybe leave the corporate lifestyle and build a livelihood doing something you enjoy, making money and not feeling broke and stressed out all the time, join in. It's my pleasure to introduce Monica Shah. Monica Shah is a seven, I get to read your bio, Monica, seven-figure business coach who helps entrepreneurs build businesses that support their ideal lifestyles after receiving her MBA from Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern um, and working for marketing for L'Oreal Paris. Monica left corporate to start her first company and then her second company, Revenue Breakthrough. Today, she takes her clients step-by-step -step through building, growing, and expanding their businesses. She combines her business acumen with her intuition and healing abilities yay, to help her clients get unstuck, eliminate self-sabotage, and move through fear. She's the author of Getting Rich, You're Doing It Backwards. Pause, 52 questions that lead to more money and time and the Breakthrough Planner, a 90-day system for entrepreneurs. Welcome, welcome, Monica. So happy to have you today. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I am thrilled to talk all things with you. I love, I always love to have a great conversation about business. Absolutely. And I am, you know, I ask the questions that I want to know. And a lot of my clients are also asking. Um, yeah. In that leap from oh, I meant to be doing something else. And oh my gosh, is it even possible? Is it even the realm of possibility to earn a livelihood doing what I do? And I've been fortunate that I have been able to do it and learned the hard way. And I have a lot of clients that are now through the birth canal, you know, uh, discovering who they are and they're on that early stage. And I've always told all my clients that the heavy lifting for most of this is on the early stages and it's more personal than strategic. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. I mean, for sure. In the early days, the, uh, the, the heavy lifting is so personal. I mean, it's, it's a lot of sort of mindset around, I, this is possible. I can yeah. do this. I'm going to be safe. This. All of it. Yeah. Because what I've noticed with my clients is you, you'll sort of go through an identity shift. Like your, your concept of who you are has to change from when you were an employee to over here. Because if you don't do that inner work, you just bring over the same things that stressed you out in corporate and you bring them over to your business. Absolutely. So, you know, your whole idea of who you are, um, taking full responsibility for opportunities and, and um, you know, it's, it's a very different way of thinking about your life. And I think a lot of times people don't realize that. They say, well, when I retire from corporate, then I'm going to be doing X, Y, Z, or I'll just take my acumen as an accountant from whatever company and I'll open up my own business because I'm a good <laughs> yeah. accountant, right? And, yeah. and, and it's like, it's a little bit more than that. And it's not always about your Facebook ads or your social media grooviness. There's a lot of inner work going in of dealing for me, me, myself, and I. So that's what I wanted to talk with you today about. Um, one of the questions that comes up over and over again with many of my clients, and I, uh, you may be like me, we're always in self-discovery, are we not? Yeah. We're always in refining. Your, yeah. Monica today is 
even it, it, you've gone even deeper than the Monica of five years ago. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. always improving, always expanding. Always expanding in terms of, oh, now I really want to get clear on this. And that, that's been my experience. Yeah. Um, I would love to hear a little bit, for those of you who don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about your, your journey? You know, Mike, I've heard it, but a lot of people don't know about your journey from corporate to what you do now. And then I'd like to branch off into once you made that leap, how did you start discovering your uniqueness of you so that you don't have to be the entrepreneur? You are you in your business. You know, that I think is what everyone is trying to move towards. But tell everybody who, who don't know you, your journey. How did you get from there to here? <laughs> um, so my journey from corporate to starting my business it's actually a story I don't I don't tell often just because it's so far back. But uh, I uh, I think the best way. So there was a particular moment in time. So I worked at L'Oreal Paris and I was a brand manager for uh, for L'Oreal Paris and we worked on the moisturizer line. And there's a particular day where the plant had broken, like one of the machines had broken down, and one of the moisturizers that we were launching ASAP. And so I had to go to the department store and buy like every different moisturizer I could see so that we could look at bottles and start testing bottles. And so we got back, we, I did all of that. We, and then we found ourselves and it was 2 a.m. And I'm literally sitting with my boss across, you know, she's across her desk sitting with me and I'm taking a bottle of lotion and I'm emptying the lotion and then looking at the bottle and then she looks at the bottle and we say yes or no. And we write down the stuff we like and I take the next bottle. So we're emptying the lotion and then we look at the bottle and we write down the stuff we like. And then we take the next bottle and we empty the lotion and we write down the stuff we like. And I was so bored and I, and I looked at her and, you know, I said, I said, are you okay? And she said, oh my gosh, I'm having the best time. Do we not have the best job ever? Uh... And I literally thought I had like left and gone to the twilight zone. Like I, I was like, what? Uh, how could she possibly think that? It's 2 a.m. We're emptying lotion bottles. And then I realized she really meant it. You know, she really liked this job. And it ended up that she was one of the youngest people to like dash up the corporate ladder and become a vice president and then a president of, and just did really well at the company. And I went home that day and I remember realizing in that moment that I didn't want to work there anymore, but more than that, I wanted to find something that I was as passionate about as she was about this job. And that one of the keys to success is not, it's not just about the hard work and, and doing the right thing. It's actually also being in love with what you're doing. Um, not everything you're doing, right? I don't know that we're always in love when we're doing the admin stuff or the, you know, the, the sweeping of the floors metaphorically, but that you're, that we generally are in love with it. And from that, you know, pretty much after that, within six months, I had, left L'Oreal Paris to start my first company um, and, you know, and really left out 
uh, and got things started. And it was really scary. I mean, the way that I did it, I didn't actually have a net under me at all. I didn't have a savings. I, um, I thankfully I had some, I had some family support um, that was there to kind of help me through the first couple months, which was really great. Um, but it wasn't, I don't necessarily recommend the way that I did it because there was so much pressure, right? I was living in New York City. I was a single person. I, my rent for my apartment was $3,500 a month. Um, and I, I, you know, and, and I left out and decided, oh, I'm just going to start this company. Now, what I did do, and I think this is a very realistic part of my story that I feel like a lot of people leave out is within three months, I couldn't do it. Like I realized I couldn't hack it, meaning that I couldn't run fast enough to grow a service business to pay all of my bills. And that is not unusual. If you are a service business, it takes time to build up. It's very different from a product business. Like with yes. a product business, you can find a distributor in 90 days and you could have be making great money if that, you know, like if you can do that. With a service business, it's not about distribution. You're they're buying you. It's about relationship. relationship. And relationship takes time to build. So within about 3 months, I Got, I went back and I got a full-time job again that was much more flexible at Viacom. I worked for Noggin, which is a station that they own for like four and five-year-olds. And I did strategic projects behind the scenes and I ran my business at the same time. In fact, I was very upfront with my boss. I said to her from the moment I sat down, I said, I'm starting my own company. I need some support while I'm doing it. I don't, I don't actually want any credit I would rather not be in, be in meetings. I just want to get the work done. She looked, it was just like a divinely made match because she looked at me and was like, great, I can't afford you anyway. Um, I prefer to take your work and take credit for it. And I don't need you any meetings. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, right? yeah, because you asked for yeah. that fit. And this is yeah. something I tell a lot of my clients because again, they have this idea you you know, you resign or you, you yeah. leave the job and then instantly. And I'm like, I would rather that you build the plane and the runway at the same time. Yeah. Like it's okay to be in both worlds for a while. It's a little easier on the heart, it's a little bit easier on your mental sanity while we build this bridge of your identities changing. Every, there's so much inner work and it's stressful because I, I think people read these success stories on the internet and you know, someone can put dollar signs in your eyes, and it, but the, the part that's not discussed as much is how much of the inner exploration had to happen. And I love that story you shared about the lotion because it's, uh, folks, if you're listening, we're talking about defining moments where you discovered something about you that you just assumed, doesn't, is any, everyone else just sick of pouring out lotion at two in the morning, bored out of their skull, and you discover, no, somebody really like it. Oh, this is not for me, you know. The, and and I feel like these little things drop in along the way. That's it's not always going to be a huge realization, but it might be little things. And then if we can package that up and say, whatever this is you're going to be doing, it's got to fit that. So let's not create a business where you're up at two in the morning, yeah, looking at lotion. I just love stories like that. It makes it such more understandable. Like in my case, I had no idea when I, you know, I've 
I've been successful. You know, I, I'm, I'm very thankful for all that. And somewhere along the way, I discovered I love interviewing people. I enjoy it, right? And I didn't know. I just figured, well, doesn't everybody? No, not, not everyone feels the calling. And I mean, you know, I love to evoke stuff out of people. I mean, speaking is lovely also, but I love hunting down the Monica Shaws of the world, or I have a list of people, they're on my radar. And I, because there, there's something about them, there's, there's something unique that it's not, it's, it's them, it's their, it's their presence, it's their philosophy, it's their attitude. And that's, that makes me excited. So I've wrapped that up now into what I do in a way that I hadn't expected. So that's a little bit like my lotion at two in the morning kind of thing yeah. of, oh, I didn't know. So I love these stories. So continue, you, you started Revenue Breakthrough at the same time you were doing this not so demanding job. During the day, you had a boss that was totally fine with taking credit for everything you did, paid the bills so you could pay for this expensive, you know, cost of living in New York is not easy. And then take us from there. Yeah, so it was interesting because I worked full time for, for them for six months. Uh, and then I worked part-time for three months. So I've worked now. What was, what I is important to mention is that when I worked full-time, I also built the business. And so I didn't have a life. And I think that people really need to know that. Like, um, I, I didn't have much personal life at all. Like I would work you know, during the day from say nine to five and then, you know, or nine to six. And then I would come home and I would see clients from seven to nine. And I was working on the weekends to build the business. That was a short period of my life. Like in the scheme of things, I now have a seven figure business, right? So in the scheme of things, you know, really pushing for six months wasn't a lot. But what I, I do see is I meet a lot of people who have full-time jobs and they have businesses but they're not making sacred space to grow their business mm -hmm. because they're unwilling to give up something. Um, and I, and again, I'm not saying that that sacrifice was forever. If I would have had to make it forever, I wouldn't have made it. Mm -hmm. But there's a phrase I like to say, which is that if you're willing to do what other people are unwilling to do for your first three years of your business, you will have what other people will never have for the rest of your life. And that has definitely yeah. been the case. You know, yeah, those years that, were not yeah, easy years. Yeah, it's not going to be years, but, and then there are people that are stuck working that way for years, like yeah. it never launches. And exactly. I, I've worked with them, you know, they are, they've got this going on, they're trying to get that going on. And I can take one look, the way you're doing it, you're exhausted. It, you've been hammering at this coaching business or whatever it is for five years, it's not moving. And you're, you're working it, you're working it, you're working it, but you're exhausted. Can we, sacred space, you know, is there a way that we can change the energy around this? And you're absolutely right. I think it's, it's a Tony Robbins or someone says, if you want an extraordinary life, you're going to have to do things that the average person doesn't do. Yeah. Right. And, and it's, it's along those lines and it's not a shaming thing. It's just, you know, that's just, you know, do you want to try it and go for it? So yeah. I just, Love how your life informed you of the same things you're now sharing with your clients in Revenue Breakthrough. Yeah, it was, um, it was interesting. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a process for sure. And, you know, you asked about when did I get to 
sort of how did I find, like figure out, right? Who I'm working with, what I'm doing now yeah. too, which is another interesting story because um, I originally, when I was doing my work, um, my very first company was called Ideal Balance. And it was working with professional women on health and um, and food and nutrition. And I was really good at that, meaning like I, I, I built that first business for five years and uh, built it up to multiple six figures. But what I noticed while I was doing that work is that most of my clients came back to me and they would say things like, okay, you know, thanks for helping me with your the nutrition. But what I really want now is you to help me grow a business or yes. build a business or whatnot. I get that a lot. <laughs> um, and I, I, uh, and then the 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 sort of final straw was that I went to a uh, a workshop and I was it was a coaching workshop and I was in a room with three other women. The four of us were sharing like a suite together and. I was there with my nutrition business, which was called Ideal Balance. And uh, then, but that night I stayed up till two or 3 a.m. and I redid the business model for all of the women in my suite. And it was just natural for me because I had my MBA, my dad runs his own company. We'd been talking about revenue models for as long as I can remember. Like business was natural for me. And they loved it. And literally the next morning, the women looked at me and they're like, you're in the wrong niche, first of all, because we've noticed that you have a pension for chocolate cake and cupcakes. So possibly it is not in alignment oh. <laughs> with what you're doing, which is totally true. I still have a pension for all things with sugar. Um, and then, and they're like, but what we did notice is that you are a natural at business. And they, and it was lovely because they said, if you create a business program, we will join. And like, that's how committed we are. So I created um, my first version of my revenue breakthrough program and three of them joined the program. Um, and it was, that was sort of the launch um, of it. And, uh, and it's, you know, again, as soon as I launched revenue breakthrough, again, it was not easy. Like building a service business is all about building relationships. It takes time. Um, it, I did grow it faster than I grew the first business simply because I knew what to do. I, I mean, I knew exactly what I needed to do. I didn't have to worry about anything. There was no second guessing. There was no doubting. I knew exactly what I needed to do. It was just a matter of taking the time to get there, just doing um, it, yeah. which, which is why, again, if you're watching gurus out there or people or experts that you are admiring and they're building stuff really fast, remember that the second or the third time that you do anything is always easier. And a lot of people are on their second or third um, version of a business by the time that you're seeing them. Um, And then then the final piece, right, of how did I pick my niche? How do I, you know, what I'm known for now is money. Um, I am Um, I'm a business and strategy expert, and I focus in on helping people position their businesses to make money, right? So what really irked me is how many business owners are out there that that don't have a business model or a target market or a niche 
that is going to actually position them to make money. And so they're struggling. That's why they're struggling is that nobody's willing to hand over a credit card to pay them for what they're doing. And when I say make money, I don't mean 10 or 15,000. I mean, make a create a sustainable full-time income from your business. So that's typically a minimum of 40,000 for most people and ideally upwards of 100,000, right? So positioning a business to make a full-time income. Now, it, it was interesting because when I was like, when I, when I first jumped in, I was like, okay, I'm a, just a general overall business strategist. But I went to, I, had a, I did a sponsorship for another business coach. And I was doing one of her breakout sessions and she said, Monica, I really want to have you, but you can't talk about marketing or sales because I'm talking about marketing or sales. And I was like, okay. And she said, why don't you talk about money? So I was like, okay. So I created a talk around money and I presented it to the room at that event. And it was this huge hit. People loved it. I talked about energy around money, what, how you needed to transfer that energy to make money, which is the foundation of what I teach today. And I, and all of a sudden it was like, oh, I found my area. Love uh, that. Like I'm um, listening to this and I'm getting excited. Yeah. So yeah. That's, I mean, I, I tell people all the time, you don't, you have to try things. Yes. So many people sit and they try to come up with decisions in the darkness of their own mind. Like, right. Well, you're not going to find your niche behind your computer thinking yeah. about, the, you know, there's no energy moving. Get out and, and try a few things. And, and that's scary for people. They know it up here, but the act, it's, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still loving the, this awareness of flow of energy because it seems like these, these lovely moments, they just sort of, you were, it, it just happened. You weren't going out there. I got to find my niche. It, it sort of found you and, and watching you, it sounded like you enjoyed yourself and it was like a natural thing. Yes. Yes. It, it, it definitely was. And it was natural in the sense that I pushed myself to get talked and to create content. Right yes. to get in front of people, yeah, and then just to gonna... validate yeah. my content by being in front of people. That part is not natural for most people. Most people like to do it the other way, which mm -hmm. is they like to be to feel confident, mm -hmm. feel perfect, then get out in front of people. Yes, and that is the piece that I that if people if you're stuck and you're struggling and you're watching this, um, and you're kind of at the beginnings of your business. My chances are that you're not getting out in front of people enough to validate your content. Um, that's how business works. Like Absolutely. any major company out there, they put out a product like Procter & Gamble. I'm in Cincinnati right now. So Procter & Gamble puts out a new product and they don't try to make it perfect. I mean, they make right. it safe. You know, they do all the testing, <laughs> but they don't try to like perfect the marketing and the packaging. They, they, do the, they do phase one, then they pick a small town in some, in some part of the country. They have def different little testing cities and they put it on the supermarket shelves and they test it. In fact, one of my coaches, uh, my older coaches, what lived in one of the testing cities and she literally remembers when Procter & Gamble was testing Pringles in her town. Pringles, the potato chips. And she said it had a completely like different use and marketing and platform. And they completely changed it after they had done it in the testing city. Um, and so you have to be willing 
to be visible and to test and to change, you know, that for me, I, I had to do that because I had to make money right away. I was supporting myself. There was total urgency. It was either get out there, get clients or move home, right. With my mom and dad, which would have been great, but wasn't what I wanted at the time. Um, And so I think that a lot of people, if you don't have that urgency, you're kind of waiting for the validation to come. Absolutely. Like for everyone computer. in the back. <laughs> for or everyone like in the back. Head. Listen to this. Because yeah. yes, because I've I've seen that with my own clients. It's it's we never want people to be desperate that you know you can't eat if you don't do something. But there is a sense of waiting. I yeah. haven't gotten it perfect. I, I I just need to I just need that we're just right. I just need it's not ready. I'm I'll wait. I, you know, I'm waiting for the right time. I'll all this. And six months can go by. I'm like, just test, try one little thing. And that yeah. is very different from the corporate mindset. You know, if you're working in corporate, you're not encouraged to try something. It's like, you got to have all the information, all the ducks in the row. You got to have yeah. sign off approval. So you're not used to just try little, you know, just see what happens. So that's part of the personal development skill or, or, or stepping into the adventure. And you'll fail, you know, you will, but you'll also succeed. And so a lot of people are frozen. So I'm so glad you mentioned that. Yeah. And I want to say, like, I did another talk on a stage and it was on a different topic. It was the first time I taught planning and the, it, it didn't do as well, right? Like the first, I told some stories in the beginning that were supposed to be funny and the whole room looked at me like no laughter at all. I, you know, I, yes. I, I mean, so Again, I shared a story where people liked my content, but there were plenty of train wrecks with other content along the way as well that I learned from that were not easy, right? Again, but um, I learned from them and I learned how to shift them. Absolutely. I just love this. So if you're listening, we're talking to Monica Shaw. She's got some great ideas about how you can um, express yourself more fully in the world in some sort of business, a sustainable business without wrecking your health. Uh, driving yourself crazy or, or comparing yourself to the gurus out there that, you know, how to go from zero to six figures in 30 days or less, you know, that kind of nonsense. But the reality is con- daily test, daily try something new, get some guidance, try something and, you know, uh, be willing to fall flat on your face a few times. I mean, I have probably failed more than I've succeeded, but I could not have succeeded if I hadn't been willing to try all these you know, I've tried that rabbit trail, didn't go anywhere, try this one. And it's part of the adventure. So I just love that. Um, what would you say to people who are in that? Well, you've already sort of answered it, but um, well, you know, there's so many things I like to do. Yeah. How can I create a livelihood when, because they, the books say, do what you love and the money will follow. Well, I love skiing. I love animals. I like to cook. Uh, I like herbology. Like, what would you say when someone is like, I like all these things, but none of them seem viable in a, a, in a form that I could do something with. So I love that you're asking this question, Adele, because it's one that I, it's dear, it's near and dear to my heart because I think it's where people really struggle. Um, First of all, do what you love and the money will follow is not true. (laughs) Um, I'll point that, I, by the way. <laughs> um, um, I, I, here's the thing. I'll tell you where it came from. Okay. Um, 
you know, my dad is an incredibly successful entrepreneur. He sold his company when I was a junior in college. And he will say something like that. But I'll tell you why. It's because there's a certain amount of delusion that comes with success. And, um, and, and so there's a lot of, and, and I, I've read it in numerous articles from like successful entrepreneurs, successful CEOs. And here's why they forget their pain. They have forgotten their pain. It's just like childbirth. You would never have a second or third child if you right. remembered the pain of the first one. Um, and so what happens is as they get more successful, they start to gloss over the work that they did to get it. They forget their struggle stories. Um, they say things like, oh, I never really worked that hard or it was really easy for me or everything came naturally. And you have to read through the lines on that um, yeah. because it's never true. And I mean- for every podcast that I have listened to of a successful person who says stuff like that, I want to like throw things at them, like nice things, but still things <laughs> at them because they're, they're sending the wrong message. If yeah. you talk to somebody who's in a startup and maybe just got their first round of funding, say, and they're like three years in, they will tell you the truth because they yeah. remember it. They like remember they remember it. what it was like to be up till 3 a.m. They remember yeah. what it was like when their first key employee left with no notice. Like they remember all of it. So first, take it all with a grain of salt and remember who you're talking to because there's also a certain type of person um, called a visionary, right? There's, I mean, we could go on, but... If you're talking to a visionary, visionaries also forget the work. They literally will gloss over the work and they don't mean to, they're not lying to you. They just don't see it as such. Um, I had a mentor who was a visionary and she literally said to me, Monica, I, I feel like I don't really work at all. In fact, I really didn't even do anything this week. You guys, she had just left, led a three-day event been on stage for three days, right? Like that's work to me, was not work to her. <laughs> Uh -huh. Right. Like, so um, that's also just something you have to take with a grain of salt so that you're not making yourself wrong. But then going back to what is a business, right? Mm -hmm. Fundamentally, a business solves a problem, a wake up in the morning problem. And you're creating a service or a product to solve a problem. And that problem has to be, when I, call, when I call it a wake up in the morning problem, it has to be a dire or urgent problem, mm -hmm. dire or urgent enough that people are willing to take out their credit card and pay you for it. So when you're thinking about what your passions are, let's say you love animals, let's say you love skiing, the next level that you want to go to is what are the problems that people are experiencing as skiers, right? So like, I love skiing. But I notice that, uh, you know, if you want to do a product that the jackets don't have hand warmers in them and we should create a jacket with natural hand warmers that you can pull out and, and do. And we're going to create that. That's a wake up in the morning problem that people are having for skiers, right? Or maybe um, there's not a great ski school in my area um, if you wanted to do a service. And I want to specialize in teaching kids under seven to ski. I want to create that, right? That's a service. So it's, if you're doing, if you love animals, right? Let's say you're, I'm a cat lover. I've got um, a, a cat named Merlin who is the, is completely spoiled and adored by us, right? And one of the things I notice about being a cat owner is that 
Um, I adopted my cat. He's a stray. He was one when we got him. He changed so he's been with us for two and a half years now. And he's changed so much over those two and a half years. And what I noticed wasn't out there on the market as much as I would have liked it to be is a guide on behavior, cat behavior, and how they're going to shift so that you don't get worried and upset. Like um, there were whole periods where he didn't pay any attention to me. And then now he can't get enough of me. <laughs> and so anyway, um, that's a problem, right? So I could create a service around helping you with your cats or helping you with your dogs, understand them, train them, get to know them. I could create a book. I could create a series of products. So it's about sitting down and thinking, what are the problems in this particular area that I like? And then remember, you don't have to create some brand new innovative problem. You can, um, but likeliness is that I stray away from creating a problem that no one else is solving because technically that usually means if nobody else is solving it, there's no money in it. Right. Now that doesn't, I mean, that's not always true. You look at someone like, Tesla, right? Yeah, like I was he's thinking solving people problems yeah. that nobody's solved, but he's also got a ton of money, right? To throw at it. So um, it doesn't have to be some brand new problem. It could be a problem that's being solved, but maybe it's being solved in ways that you don't agree with or that you don't like, or ways in which you feel like you could innovate a little bit on how it's being done. Or you don't even have to innovate. If you think that like your service is just going to be a higher quality, then you could do that, right? Um, and so- that's what you want to kind of start to hone in on is what is the wake up in the morning problem that yeah. will be solved with what I'm, with what I'm creating. Love it. Love it. And what would you say in your experience working with so many people, there are people that aren't really destined to be business owners. Like what are the questions people need to ask? I hate corporate. I want to do something else, but I don't know what. And so maybe they're exploring entrepreneurship and I'm feeling into the energy and, and I know everyone's on their own path, right? Not everyone is really destined to be a business owner and what are the things that you would suggest to them so that they don't think that their only other option is to be self-employed as a business owner. If you're not in corporate, because it feels to a lot yeah. of people, it's either this or it's that. And if you don't like either, well, you're really SOL, but you know, not everyone is destined to be an entrepreneur. Not everybody likes it. What are the things that you would encourage people in this discovery process to, to start thinking about? Well, I, yeah, it's a great question. So I think there's all different kinds of people in the world. And I think what you want to think through is, um, you know, uh, my partner, he is brilliant and he is a full-on extrovert and he loves having a team of people um, to help him and to execute his vision. So he does not want to be an entrepreneur. He doesn't want to start something by himself. He doesn't want to have to go through that period of that mm -hmm. year or two where you're kind mm -hmm. of alone figuring it out. Mm -hmm. And so for him, uh, however, he also didn't want to necessarily be in a big company where he was right. just a cog, you know mm -hmm. what I mean, in the wheel. So for him, he joined a startup. He was yep. the third employee that they hired. And uh, and, it, and now they're up to 70 people. And he's been like a key member of that process the entire time. And I think that's really, like if you're somebody who, so like 
who likes to be with people and wants to be with a group. And you're thinking, you know, I don't really have any desire for something to be mine. You know, I don't really want that. Mm -hmm. Join a smaller company to look for. Um, and if you're somebody that's a visionary and wants to be a part of a growth, look for a startup. Look now, keep in mind that everything has its pros and cons, right? A smaller company means less structure, less resources, um, sometimes less salary. A startup typically means chaos and lots of hours. So mm -hmm. you have to look at the pros and the cons, especially based on where your lifestyle is, right? If you're, if you're raising small children, a startup might not be a great idea for you right now. Um, yes. But like, um, but looking at this, I think what's important is size of the company that you want to join and stage of the company you want to join. Also, um, is there, you know, in, on my team, I've got full-time people that love the mission of Revenue Breakthrough, right? My, I have a client manager who's been with me for eight years. She loves the mission of Revenue Breakthrough. She loves serving and helping people. And she loves being a part of something that is amazing, but not necessarily being at the helm of it, right? Doesn't, right. you know, wants to be able, she wants to be able to stop on Friday at five o'clock and yeah. clock out right? Start in on Monday, have her evenings and not be carrying yeah. the weight and this of is the responsibility. But knowing yourself, that's that part of that, that journey. You know, it's, um, if you're, if you never thought about it, yeah. you know, or, or maybe you thought running a business would be for you, or maybe you discovered, maybe it's not. And then there's working through all the weirdness of, well, I just don't want, I don't like sales. I'll do anything but sales. Well, maybe you're just scared of, you know, something, what you learned about sales and it could actually be enjoyable, totally. right? And all this inner work, which I mean, I adore and, and, and seeing people find their natural, I think there's plenty of room in this planet for everybody, you know, brilliant business coaches, wonderful assistants, people in startups. And it's not, you know, we don't have to say one is better than the other, but it all starts from doing that inner work. Something's not working. You're not liking what you're doing. Let's find out where you would land better. And yeah, what is this? trial and error. You know, I think that you're helping a lot of people with that trial and error piece, Adele. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I talked about my partner, my husband, and he uh, he did try to do, um, you know, yes. a startup or his own business for a while. Uh -huh. And he did well on it. It wasn't like he didn't, but he just didn't like it. Didn't you like know, it. and I think sometimes uh -huh. you have to try things. And I think what, one other piece that you said that is important is don't confuse fear and not knowing with I'm not good at it, right? A lot of people. In the back. Yeah, say that again, because that don't is confuse so fear and in ignorance, right? Like not having a skill with I'm not meant to do this. I'm not good at it, especially right. around sales and asking for money. Yeah. No one on the planet is born good at sales. No one. Every entrepreneur who ever starts anything has to learn how to ask for money. And I would say 80% of people are very uncomfortable in the beginning. So that is definitely, if you're discounting your ability to be an entrepreneur because you can't ask for money or you can't sell, I would try it first. I would try to upgrade your skills. I would learn how to do it. Um, I would try to get comfortable with it first before right. you count yourself out yeah. of the running on it. Get adequate at it first yeah. before you write it off because yeah. otherwise you don't even know. And yeah, yeah, I mean, sales to me, it's 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 just relation. It's just talking to people and, you know, is this a good fit? And if not, I know 10 other people I can refer you to. I mean, it's very, 
of service. And we're a culture, I think, that's gotten a little bit um, cynical sometimes at being sold at. And, and I, I was that way. So I had to work through my, oh, oh my gosh, we're running out of time. I want to respect your time. Okay. Um, um, so those are, let's see, creative with, with a lot of different things. Um, we talked about niching, why it's so hard. I wanted to talk more about positioning your uniqueness, but that would take three hours and we don't have three hours today, but maybe for the next conversation, um, let's see, love these little vignettes. Well, I mean, in terms of positioning, I can speak a little bit to positioning your uniqueness. I think a lot of people worry too much about that at the beginning, to be honest. Um, because they don't know what they're doing. It's like, they don't, yeah, at yeah. the beginning, you don't know why you're unique. You just do it. Stuff. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting is that you will, again, it's one of those things where you get clients and then your clients will start to give you feedback. This is why I like you. This is what makes you different. This is what I got from working with you. And your uniqueness is going to be built from there. But if I were going to give two concrete things that create your uniqueness. One, as a small business owner, one is your story, your signature story. And I help, I help entrepreneurs create their signature stories. And then the second is your point of view, which is what is your opinion on your market or your industry? And I also help entrepreneurs create their point of view as well. Those two things are, can, can be a starting point. I agree. Point of view, point of view, I think people are afraid of being too, you know, and if you're vanilla, you're trying to appeal to everybody because I've been edgier over time, frankly, yeah. you know, a little bit more, Hey, this is what I think. And if you like it, great. If not, there's a zillion other people and I'm more me and I'm attracting people that are better fit rather than, well, you know, that kind of milk toast feeling yeah. I think edgy is good. And it's, it's more invigorating to take yeah. a stand for something. So it's absolutely love those two points. For everyone in the back, pay attention. Monica's awesome at what she does. Um, wish we could keep talking for hours, but I want to respect your schedule. Is there anything you would like to, do, do you have a free gift or something you'd like to share with people? Sure. So, you know, if you've been watching this and could use some help either in creating your business or building or growing your business, um, I'd love uh, for for you to connect with us. So the first place, the, the, the first way to do that, that I think is, um, important is for those of you that have businesses already, I have something called the, the money-making marketing calendar, and it will help you to figure out this sort of wake up in the morning problem and what marketing activities you need to be doing in your business in order to generate money. How do you position your business to make that money? And you can get that at marketingcalendarnow.com, marketingcalendarnow.com. Uh, and uh, we can put that. Um, yeah, in I'll the put that in the. Well. I'll put yeah. that in the comments and show notes. And then if you're somebody, and then if you're newer to business and you would like some support around that, I just invite you to do to reach out to us at support at revenuebreakthrough.com. Support at revenuebreakthrough.com, and we're happy to set up a conversation with you. And also, I just want to invite you to join our Facebook group. In my Facebook group, we have um, a vi uh, videos that launch every week. We answer questions. We have over 2,000 amazing entrepreneurs in there. And it's a great place to really learn as you're growing your business. And you can join our Facebook group at revenuebreakthrough.com front slash FB group, which stands for Facebook, right? So revenuebreakthrough.com front slash FB group. Well, this has been awesome. Thank you so much, Monica, for sharing your wisdom, your humor, 
your inspiration. And uh, yes, everybody look her up and we'll have some of those links in the, the comments. And uh, thank you so much, Monica. It's been a delight. Ah, thank you, Adele. It's been so lovely. And I uh, wish you and everybody who's watching an amazing week. Bye.